And a good day to everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast, show number 57. I'm Jeff. And I'm Joe. And our guest is? And I'm Justin. Justin Russ from the Journal-Gazette Times-Courier Paper in Mattoon. Well, everybody, it is uh, the World Series is over, so baseball is done for the year. Uh, thoughts on the World Series? Pretty good series. Is it a classic? You got to talk oh in it. Oh my god! This is not. This is not. Justin's in my way today. Okay, <laughs> I'll be emceeing the show today. Um, you think it's a classic? It was going to be a classic until I think Game Seven kind of was, you know, not near as exciting as the previous, probably four or five out of the six. So, a little, a little bit of a bummer last night. But still, when you when you go back to Game uh, Game Six, made it a memorable World Series. That was one of the best games ever. This may be a little bias on me because 1991. I, I am a Twins fan, but you know Jack Morris goes goes 10 innings. You still have 2001, Luis Gonzalez. Then you have last year's Cubs won. Um, those are some of the best. I, I in your lifetime. In, in my lifetime, and I think it's a classic. I do. Um, used to have uh, the Sandy Koufax game seven where he had to miss Yan Kapoor. I'd still put that earlier in the early in the World Series. Yeah, yeah he, he, yep. he well he, he missed game six and they pitched him game right. seven and and I guess one of the reasons I know is being a Twins fan too since I was against the, the Twins. But this one was a classic. It's gonna probably go down as you know one of the I don't I don't want to say one of the best ones, but it, it, it's definitely a classic. Good games. See, I don't think it's close to a classic. It's um, you're it, just it, mad because your Yankees lost. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like Houston. That's true. But um, I thought that they needed to have a good game seven, like you're talking about. It's like having a you have a, this story, and it's interesting all the way through. But at the end, it's it sucks. I, and I, last I, night's game was not very good. And in order to have something like that, and I also thought in game was it game six to thirteen twelve game. I'm not sure if that was a good game or a really bad game. Oh, that was one of the best games ever. It was exciting, and there was lots of drama. But as far as the pitching, I thought it was pretty bad. I know the pitching was bad, but when you look at the ratings and beating the NFL and all the stuff that it did, in terms of that, it became an unbelievable game. I mean, I just don't think it's a classic. I think it's a very entertaining, it had lots of drama, but I don't think it was a classic. Well, we'll just have to disagree, Mr. Joe. No, well, okay, you guys... I think that 13-12 game is what made Game 7 even better. You look how the bullpens imploded in that game. Then you look, and A.J. Hinch doesn't have a bullpen. But his starter only goes three innings and hits four batters and admits, I didn't have my best stuff. This is the same guy they turned to for some big games. And now you look at it, he's got to turn to his bullpen. That is flat-out sucked. He's using Francisco Liriano for a third of an inning. <laughs> the way A.J. Hinch managed his bullpen last night is one of the best managerial decisions in some of the World Series ever, I would say, because he turns to Luke Gregerson, who was the closer and they trade for Ken Giles, and he was so up and down this year, but he has the wherewithal of knowing when to use Gregerson. He, he sticks with Charlie Morton. When you have Dallas, I thought they were going to go with Dallas Keuchel out of the pen before Morton. Then they go with, with Charlie Morton. Listening to the broadcast, everyone thought Verlander was going to come in, but they stick with Charlie Morton because he went with a hot hand and it worked. And I thought Hinch did a great job of managing his bullpen last night, better than Dave Roberts, and I think that little chess match is what got him the win. And that's what makes it a classic. I think that I think the players make the player the managers look like geniuses. I didn't think they were. I didn't think the choices were spectacular. Morton's been lit up a couple times when he when you know. I mean, the, obviously the players yeah. came through, but I, I thought they were good decisions, but. You know, if Morton th- um, has one bad inning or a couple of bad batters or somebody else, I, I don't think I don't think it was as magnificent as you say it was. I think it was a very strong one. I think he's a very good manager for the things he choices he's made. Uh, but I think we make too much of uh, the decisions um, 
that they really don't have as much control over. Well, it was his decision to leave Morton in. If Morton started getting hit, he was going to bring in Keiko. Like he said, all hands on deck. And one of the greatest lines came from right. Hinch in Game 6. You don't manage Game 7 during Game 6 because then you will lose Game 6. You don't play right. two for one. You play one for one. And you play I, for one I, for I, one. Hinch, with what he was left with, with how he had to work with his rotation and bullpen, I thought he did a great job. And most people there not are talking about something that we haven't even touched on is the fact that Dave Roberts didn't go to Kershaw earlier. That's what Roberts is getting crushed on social media as well as LA media today is the fact that you know you know Kershaw ended up pitching four great innings and they a lot of people thought they either should have started him or brought him in on inning two. Well, everybody likes to second guess, like, yeah. like us, <laughs> yeah. you know, here. So, um, yeah, you, when you lose, everybody's going to find a reason why you lost. And it's, yeah. <clears throat> it can't be that the other team was just better. It's because someone screwed up, right? Exactly. I thought Dave Roberts did an example. I mean, just like AJ, they, they both did a really good job. But if your players don't come through, if they didn't put Kershaw and say, you know, you Darvish pitches great until the fourth inning, and then you bring Kate Kershaw in for four innings, he goes magnificent, then suddenly he's the genius. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen there who, you. who couldn't keep a 7-4 lead in, in the uh in that big blowout game who <clears> couldn't <throat> keep a 4-1 lead it was clayton kershaw so yeah as well as clay it, it's a thing clayton kershaw in the postseason struggling is a thing and he had only been a couple days you know it's hard to say you're going to start him and you trade for you darvish for a reason well and the good thing is this the, the last three or four world series right. have been good because the baseball had a series there of some really not good World Series, and the last three or four have been very, very entertaining, and which is really good for baseball. So. Yeah, it's good for them. And the, and as you mentioned earlier, the ratings are really, really good. Yep. Um, and a couple of things related to it. I, I think last year's Indians-Cubs series was, was, and I'm not a Cubs or Indians fan, I thought that was a much better series yes. than this year. And if you're going to talk about classics, that's yeah, probably one that's A in classic there. is one that ends on a Game 7 that's unbelievable, like the 91 or, or, or tw- And as the larger picture yeah. stories, right, with yep. the Cubs be, not winning for 108 years. But here's the other thing. A lot of people rip, you know, we talk about media in here a lot, and they're ripping into TV stations and World Series, and I think me, we may have even done it too, is why are they having these games such late at night? You know, no one's watching. Well, game six, that big game, they had some of their best ratings in the last hour. I think it was 11.45 when they had their top ratings, and we're going, it, well, it, kids are sleeping. Yeah, they are, but everybody else is watching the game. The people that want to see it stay up and they watch the game. I mean, that's right. what it is. I mean, exactly. You're going to watch it. It's just like everybody says. You know, people. It, I mean, I think it would be nice. I think baseball, it would be nice if they started the games earlier for some of the younger kids who can't stay up, but it's never going to happen. Or the older guys like us who uh, don't want to stay like up. Uh, yeah. It's just like the Super Bowl. Everybody knows it should be Saturday mm-hmm. night. They're never going to move it because it's Super Sunday and it's it's just part of tradition. But you imagine Saturday night, what, how great that would be for for you know, people all around the, the, the country. Yeah, well, and, and we were, we're old enough to remember the games when they were like at one, two, three, four, yep. and they kept edging them back an hour after an hour. I've got the idea to stop it. It's just like reality TV. You stop watching it, it'll stop showing it. Yep. So and they'll move it around to, to fit your needs. Like you're going to watch it, and the ratings are up. It's like the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup. It, it's everything. They're always playing this because it's you know the NCAA tournament. Why is it on Monday night at like seven twenty, <laughs> like for the for the championship game? Why, why are they playing noon games on a Thursday? 
because we will watch, watch it. it. There you go. Yeah, these guys spend a hundred million dollars, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars on it. I think they know their business. Exactly. They know how to make their money. That's a perfect transition. Then we'll uh, speaking of big news around here. Jimmy Garoppolo, the former Eastern quarterback, was traded in in somewhat of a, a, a mild surprise. It was one of the best NFL trading deadlines in recent yeah, memory, wasn't it? There's usually not any trades in the NFL, and there was <laughs> right. four or five big names traded. Uh, and Garoppolo going to San Francisco. Um, you know, it, it was. I won't say I was shocked because you know you, you knew they had to get something for him at some point if Brady was going to continue to play. But around here, it really reverberated. And I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on Jimmy G going to San Francisco. Go ahead, Justin. Well, um, having followed this for the past year and a half since uh, it, the rumors kind of started when, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down to the Vikings and what they were going to do. And one of the names that came up was Jimmy Garoppolo, of course. And his name has been bandied about for a year and a half. Um, during the NFL draft was the biggest time. The Browns were rumored. The 49ers were rumored. Everyone, the Bears were rumored. Um, the Cardinals were rumored. Didn't there, San Francisco offer originally two draft picks, or did they want? Two they draft inquired, picks? And, they, then, and, and, and then and the Patriots said, yeah. and then the Patriots said no. And that was the, the, the Patriots shot them down. They shot the Browns down, who at the time it said it was a first round draft pick, but it came out later it's a second round pick and change. What that change was, I'm, I'm guessing it probably involved a fourth or fifth, maybe even a third round pick. But there was off. There's been offers out there for Garoppolo for a while. But Absolutely. Bill Belichick wanted to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo. He wanted to see if there's going to be that that Brady is 40. And what if what if he starts going downhill? Because Belichick's goal, and he said this basically during his press conference the other day, that he want that he wanted Jimmy to be the heir apparent to Brady, but it couldn't be done because Garoppolo is an unrestricted free agent after this year. They would have had to franchise tag him, right, and do it. They were. I think the debate was: Do you do that and trade him? Or do you trade him now? What was the market going to be? And they got the second round pick from the 49ers. Which is almost um, a first round, which would almost be a first round pick. It's a top 35 it, it is. pick. Yeah. It, it's a top 35 pick, and it depends who's there. Each, each year it varies. You know, that 35 pick, if you go back, can be good or bad. You know, you look at Dalvin Cook this year for the Vikings. Great pick, but what was it the year before? I think the Vikings had that pick like four years ago, and they got some cornerback who's no longer in the league. Um, so it, it's still a good pick. And they still they still got a good draft pick from it, but they wanted to keep Garoppolo. That's that's why it went on as long as they did. And the Patriots actually reached out to the 49ers on this. Right. It wasn't the Niners reaching out to them. The Patriots reached out to the 49ers. So it, it was they wanted to hold on to Garoppolo as long as they could. And they figured this is the time. You know, Brady's not slowing down. He's he could probably go a couple more years yet. So we're not going to be able to keep Garoppolo. And the 20, hey, it, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll say this. And the 2018 draft is loaded with quarterbacks if they all come out. So Maybe. the Patriots will find a quarterback. They always do. The luck will will go their way again. It always does. Right. I'm convinced after this that John Lynch is a really smart GM and he's going to do well. But question I have is you deal a lot with uh, marketing and advertising and things along those lines. And, and you're always trying to quantify or, or monetize, you know, how much does it mean when they put EIU on television and they're talking about that? Um, how much does this mean now that he's not a backup and he's going to be going to San Francisco and they're going to keep saying, like with Tony Romo, EIU, EIU? What does that mean to the school or the program? Well, I think it means a lot. Now, I think what I think it's going to actually take a downswing for the rest of this football year because Garoppolo, it sounds like, isn't going to get much playing time immediately in San Francisco. And right. They're absolutely horrible. Probably and after the bye week. So you're, you're not going to get a lot of EIU play, but going into next year when when hopefully he's a starter, then all of a sudden the value of Eastern University even goes up. 
up, you know, when you think about mm -hmm. the fact that Romo's doing great at CBS, Garoppolo will be a starter, and it seems like Sean Payton saved his career at, at, yes. at New Orleans. Remarkable. And so now the value of EIU and, and it gets spread across the country in, in a good way. So I think it's a downswing, then an upswing for EIU. You'll hear about it a little bit this year because the 49ers actually have a road game at Chicago this year, yeah. so you'll have Garoppolo. I think it's the third to last game, so Garoppolo is probably going to be starting by that time because you can only take being a guy from Iowa, you can only take so much CJ Beathard. <laughs> um, sorry, CJ. But uh, <laughs> it'll probably be Grapple there. So you're talking Grapple. You're talking Ryan Pace. Yep. There's the two EIU connections there. You're going to be talking Grapple versus Mitch Trubisky. What should the Bears have done there? Should, but, you know, of, of course you're going to say, what should the Bears have done? But the Patriots weren't trading Grapple. But you, you know Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are going to say stupid stuff about it. There you go. I, I, I'm not as I'm not as down on those two as you are, but uh. Uh, the minute Troy Aikman says something good during the broadcast, he he, he might be Phil Sims. There you go. Um, uh, speaking of dumb, what do you think? About, and I don't know if I, the, the Papa John's guy has come out and basically said pizza sales are down because the NFL has been in all this controversy and the ratings are down, and now he's kind of getting slammed today. And what do you think about an advertiser of the NFL, the official pizza of the NFL, coming out against the uh, so the same entity that he um, supports and is in many commercials with with some of these stars? If if you're a, a business leader. Why would you want to anger anybody for them not to buy your pizza? He has no reason to weigh in on this. There's nothing that's, that's compelling him to say anything. I think it's a really stupid move on a business sense. On a personal sense, if he feels that strong, fine. I really don't give a damn what, what the guy <laughs> who makes mediocre pizzas says about, uh, you know, about the whole debate here in the NFL. Joe, you shouldn't hold back, all right? <laughs> I, I'm okay with Papa John's pizza, but it's not the greatest, and it's overpriced. And the fact of the matter is... Like it's oversaturated with the pizza market. You've Pizza Hut, and Matt Toon closed. Pizza Hut is closed in a lot of other markets. You know, you look at it and there's Domino's right there, and it's cheaper, and it's not that much worse than Papa John's. And you got Monocles here, and you have all these other places to choose from. And I don't think the new cheddar garlic knots are moving are moving the uh, the needle for Papa John's. And and considering where some of his businesses are located, uh, with the legalization of marijuana and being on college campuses, I think he's doing okay. I think uh, it might be more his business model because if you can't sell pizza to them, I think that's your own problem. I don't know what you're talking about, marijuana college campuses, but we can go on from there. Oh, I'm at right. like Colorado. We won't move <laughs> to a new subject. All right. uh, the Cleveland Browns pulled a great. Uh, Another they, they Cleveland themselves this week, as you know. They tried to trade for A.J. McCarron of the Bengals. The Bengals sent the, the trade to the NFL, but the rules state that, the, that both teams must send the trade in. The Bengals were <laughs> celebrating in their offices, and then someone realized it's past the deadline, and they forgot to email or fax the NFL, and so the trade does not go through. Your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I, 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 it's I, just I, something to chuckle about. I mean, it's... I mean, if we can, we, they are not. They are not. But how is it possible that this team cannot get out of its own way? I mean, it, it's as a Steeler fan, it's great because it's two free wins a year. I mean, it's right. locked in two wins. But it's also right. embarrassing that it, this is an NFL franchise that it's constant. You know, everybody makes mistakes. We know that. But how do they do it? What isn't the guy in charge of the Browns like the second-hand man to Billy Bean at one point where Moneyball was on, proving again that Moneyball is a crap movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but it's but it's not a crap book. It was it's one of the best books out there. Anytime you mention the Oakland A's and you don't mention Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, and Barry Zito, there's a problem with the book. Um, but uh, no, the book talks about them a, a, a little bit. But they focused on Giambi a bit a lot, and 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 I, I like 
it's just they bring in a baseball guy to do football because the analytics part of it. And their analytics said they were going to choose. Oh, yeah. They're going to choose. They're going to pass on, on Deshaun Watson. They're going to pass on Carson Wentz. But they're going to go with Deshaun Kaiser. Um, they're going to go with with uh, A.J. McCarron for some odd reason. And I, I don't know how you think those two are the world. They were interested in Garoppolo, of course. But how, how do you pass on Carson Wentz the way they did? How do you pass on Watson when your biggest priority is a quarterback? And, this anal- and then they're celebrating a trade that they don't call in. I think that regime is done. Like their analytics has proven to do nothing for them. Right their now analytics needs to understand this concept of time because it's a number, right? You would think a number, yeah. You would think they they would know something about it. I, would I think it's. I just think it's a hilarious story. It's, it's great. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I did. I did read today where the the Cleveland ownership just absolutely just blasted the team management about how this happens and how yeah. makes them look. Which I don't blame them. <clears> I mean, I'm sure there's some you know heads are going to roll but, or something. But it's just crazy that why, the Browns can't get other way. But when the why couldn't the Tigers have done this with? Houston, <laughs> then, then then we could have had the Yankees in the World Series, maybe. Oh, no one wants the Yankees in the World Series. <laughs> Everybody oh, does no. outside. Come on, come on. <laughs> Everyone, it's a better story for Houston winning it than New York because the the hurricane and that. But you look at it in the front office. Kind of sappy, but go ahead. For for um, they already had their day in the sun. Yeah, you guys use it. <laughs> In, for 9-11. I mean, come on now. We didn't need it for 9-11. We were winning already. But you, this is why I love it, have Justin in. Because I can just sit back and relax and watch and, and have a good time. Um, you, you look at it with, with, with the Browns. And the the the, the, man, the owners can be as mad all about it they want. But uh, his mismanagement of, of his own businesses should be looked at. The fact that he changes coaches every two years. The fact that he changes front offices every two years. Yeah, you're not going to get any continuity. You are the one causing this. The owner needs to take ownership of this too. And why wasn't he there leading his people to say, call it in, you idiots? <laughs> I think outside Cleveland, people are kind of bored with the Browns. They're, they're ineptness. I don't think yeah. it's really Ugly that interesting. Or right? No, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Right. I, I forget about them. The only thing I cared about them was Joe Thomas. There and now he's out for the year. Cool story here. Uh, we're on the campus of East Illinois University. Is tomorrow night on campus, is where we record this on Thursday. Is that uh, exhibition basketball to raise money for hurricane funds? Uh, Illinois is coming to town to, to face the East Illinois men, and then Indiana State's uh, Sycamores are coming to play the women's East Illinois Panthers. Uh, so kind of cool, and, and it's the tickets are sold out. So it's kind of more of an event than a basketball doubleheader tomorrow. But I think it's kind of neat, and I just wanted to spend a, a minute on uh, kudos to EIU Athletics for uh, for pulling this together in the last uh, you know in a week or so to get it done. So good job. Yeah, yeah, Tom does a great job over there. Um, I, I understand, Justin, that you have a problem with Barstool Sports and ESPN. I have a major problem with Barstool Sports, and it should be gone. And it is one of the most it's it's one of the most sexist websites out there. It is the Breitbart of sports. So you're saying it's a bad thing? It's a very bad thing. It needs to go. Like, Were but, you but, but it, ESPN they only had one show. They only had one show, but it should never have happened. And Barstool Sports should not be a thing. They are, like I said. When Pat McAfee tweets that if you don't believe in punters, you're ISIS, that's that's awful. Like, what what is this crap that they're putting out there? Like, it's it's they they appeal to, to the to the lesser side of humanity is what they do. And and they like I said, they, they put out things and they just you know they try to what they are. If you remember the Man Show back when Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla did that, yeah, one of the greatest shows in in, in the history of television. They take it times one hundred with it, and it is even worse. When you're talking about how awful a person Sam Ponder is, just because you want to get views, 
Oh yeah, they called yeah. her. Uh, they call they they dropped f bombs. Well, we can we can say I mean the word right? <laughs> no, the uh, you know. Let's not say that word. They said they said. I think it's, it's well. Christian Ponder it, it, probably uh, doesn't even like his own wife. Like this is they go way too far. They should not be aired. Get them off. They are the info wars of sports. Well, my thing was, were you shocked though that ESPN did try to go into into partnership with them? Yeah, I, I, I no. was I was surprised for a bit, but then I think about it, and the leadership at ESPN has no idea what they're doing right now. Um, there's rumored for more cut uh, cutbacks and layoffs coming up here. Um, John Skipper just does not know what he's doing or where he wants to go with it, and this was proven with the Jamel Hill thing. It's been proven over and over for the last few years. Why do you stick money into into Chris Berman? Why do you stick money into these people? Why is Mike Ditka still around? Why why are there there things that you're doing here that that just make no sense? And you're sinking money into these things that don't need to have money into them, and that you're making cutbacks and and, and bringing in barstool sports and doing all these weird things. I, I think John Skipper knows what he's doing. I think the problem is that no one knows the landscape right now. We don't know what's going to happen. I think it's not surprising that he tried something like that. I agree with you, Justin, completely. I, I think it's it, it panders to the, the lowest uh, uh, common denominator and, and low intellect, and 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 it's uh, it's fart jokes times ten or twenty. There, <laughs> it is. It's uh, <clears throat> but they do get some good guests. And they are the number one podcast in the country right now. So ESPN is trying to say, let me get a, let me get me some of that. Yeah. And they're not sure how to do it themselves. And it was a poor choice. And I think it was amplified the fact that they cancel it after one show because of Sam Ponder and everybody saying, why are we doing this? Because of the horrible things they said about her and everybody else. They're still looking for their their new Bill Simmons. And my question is, <clears throat> why do you need a new Bill Simmons? Because Bill Simmons is outplayed and, and overdrawn. But you know. That's the lowest common denominator again. Why not have a Scott Van Pelt do his own thing? Who is a Barstool sports supporter, which which I question, and and Ryan Rosillo do something there, which you, you had the show, but it, it's just John Skipper. I don't know. I'm not. I'm surprised he's still in charge there with as much money as ESPN's losing, and he doesn't really seem to have a direction. I think part of it is we don't know, just like when we talk about sports, we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But we do see the outward results, which is ESPN is struggling. They've lost 12 million subscribers over the last 10 years, um, although that's not unlike a lot of other industry out there having some problems. But they've just got so uh, much invested in the, right. their sports contracts that they can't afford to lose. They, they can't afford, yes, exactly. Through how many, what, 2022, like, you know, for, for the college football playoffs and paying billions for the NBA and paying billions here and paying, you know, in a cord-cutting environment that it was becoming, like, they just they did, they didn't anticipate it. They were so worried about FS1 and NBC Sports. They were trying to lock out the competition. What they ended did is locking themselves into some really bad financial messes, like They're, you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if this is the right analogy. They're, they've kind of J.C. pennied themselves a bit. A little bit. Yep, a little bit, I would say. All right, we got to get to the end because we all you know what that means. I don't know if you know. It's the new season. Episode the Walking two, Dead. The Walking Dead. Uh, your thoughts on episode two. Are you a Walking Dead fan, Justin? Are you? I'm a Walking Dead fan, but uh, I don't have cable, so I still haven't even caught up on last season. But I, 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 Oh, they I all die, by the way. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> all zombies. I mean, everyone's died. They're all zombies. So, yeah, so, I, I, don't, I don't mind spoilers, right. though, about there you the show. Go. At all. Okay. Uh, Episode two of this of the newest season, it was pretty much just war from war, and then more more war. war. Yeah, uh, but it it didn't really. After a while, even my son said that nothing's happening. It's just it was really almost like forty five minutes of showing people shooting. 
and they're really bad shots, by the way. And did you is that what you gathered out of it? Or was there was there more substance there than I saw? At the beginning, I'm thinking, oh, good action. And at the end, I'm going, but what's happening here? And I kept just because the the way the, the Walking Dead does, I kept thinking, when's the other shoe going to drop? As far as something terrible happening. And as a matter of fact, when they showed some of the previews for next week, they show uh, King Ezekiel and his group being surrounded, and and um, the tiger's going to take. Them yeah, well, yeah, that, that's a cool element there, yeah. but. That was not the best element of this show. That was the best element, but they, they, I'm still trying to figure out how Morgan didn't get shot. You know how yeah. he did. Well, die. he said, "Remember, he I mean, got shot, but he didn't get killed." Yeah. That's true. Because he had said earlier in the episode, he goes, "I don't die." And I'm thinking, exactly. "Oh, he's gone." Yeah. Did, weren't you yeah. thinking uh, that? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, he is well, gone. This is going to come out in two seasons. Morgan is a ghost. Um, it, it might well because I, I'm it, okay. it, I love Morgan. <laughs> it might be, but you know, it, it was that a would really, be disappointing. It was a, it was a really odd episode, and it, it it focused so much on just you know machine gun battle, which was fine, but then nothing really happened, and then they introduced a new character at the end, which was an old character we saw right seven seasons ago, which some that, people yeah. really I, I don't remember. I him. don't remember him at all. So did you remember him? No. I, so exactly, like three for three. No. The face, the face was familiar, but I'm going. Where? I even turned to my wife. I said, "Who is this guy?" Well, I heard this guy was only in like two of the first five episodes, and all he's been doing is online begging to get back on the show. And it's almost like they, they kind of bow down and let him get back on the show. And I, I just, it, I don't get it. I, I won't say that I was as disappointed as I ever have been, but I just thought it was. I really had high hopes for season t- this season, and episode two was a, a real downer in terms of the the whole scale of the show. Yeah, it's um, it's been more active because we were complaining, and I think a lot of we're complaining that there wasn't much action last year. But it seems like they've gone all in on the action, and I I think The Walking Dead is one of those shows. That if you're streaming it, you're going to realize this is awesome because you can go real quickly from show to show. But taken week to week, I don't think it's as good. Well, Just like the uh, Lord of the Rings, I thought individually they were pretty mediocre. Never but seen if you're willing, if you're willing to take them all at once, yeah. okay, then well, it's here, decent. Here's That's my point about the action of the shooting. I don't mind when it's the good guys against the zombies. But really, what this episode was about was it was it was. It, there were, the zombies were kind of put away, and it was just this group of people ill right. against another group of regular people that weren't weren't infected. If you want to look at it that way, for the people who have no idea what we're talking about, it was it was regular people against regular people. Yeah, it wasn't us against the zombies or us against the world, and and that's really not what The Walking Dead I think is should be about. And so, well, I look at it this way for The Walking Dead too: it's people fighting people because. You look the way the world is right now. What if a zombie apocalypse happened? You have a faction of people that would kill other people. Well, for for the record, we do believe in science here. We don't believe there's going to be a zombie apocalypse. We believe. I don't know. We believe that the world is round and not flat, and that uh, uh, vaccines will not cause autism. If you go to New if you go to New Orleans, they they (laughs) swear there are zombies. There's there's an anti-vax movement going on. (laughs) And Haiti too. Lead to the zombie apocalypse. No, I'm not. I'm joking. Like I I, I could see it happening. But But you're right. No, you're right. That was funny with your point I'm, 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 a, I'm a sci-fi geek. but you know what so Nick, this so Sunday night I will be watching well how do you feel because I didn't want to say this two weeks ago but after that first episode I was just like eh. I was I, for the first time in a long time I just went I felt that way nothing, after nothing really excited me at the end of the first episode and then it happened again last week I felt worse after week two but I agree it's it, you know it's I was so anxious to get to that week one you know you're it's just like when the football season starts you're just pumped up and then uh and after week two, I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah it's not, nothing too exciting. So I wonder if this is how deer hunters feel. I mean, I don't <laughs> hunt deer, but you sit out there all freezing cold, bored, out of your mind, and then suddenly, you know, a 10-point buck comes by, you fire away, you kill it, you mount it, you eat it. You have that one moment. And uh, Are we waiting for that moment in The Walking Dead? 
You're, you're talking to a kid. I, I hunted once in my life, and it was the most boring and stupid thing I've ever did. It was pheasant hunting, walking up and down a field. But so I don't know. Deer, from- deer sticks are more satisfying than The Walking Dead. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I love The Walking Dead, and I don't see myself ever not watching. I'll but, watch. But, but I, just, I just did not left have, with any questions. Have you ever been questions. disappointed by a good deer stick? Yeah, I'm not He's a big getting... fan of deer sticks. <laughs> I'd rather have, we were talking earlier, give me some New York style pizza instead. <laughs> you can sprinkle some deer sticks on that Just maybe, not Papa but... John's this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or, or any week. We're done. We're done. This has been uh, the weekly podcast. We'll be back next week. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. I'm Justin. Thanks for coming in, Justin. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you.